Hey, welcome back, everybody. It's the SCB Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. And a quick shout to uh, my daughter who's down there at the John Deck Bar right now. I had a uh, photo sent to me earlier this week uh, of them enjoying a shot of uh, screwball peanut butter whiskey. And yeah, she's a fan. And so I'll never hear the end of it. Um, this was about to be the Men Without Hats show, but Ben uh, has sported the hat, and so it's just three of us without him tonight. And uh, a lot going on. Steelers uh, OTAs are underway. Uh, that's phase three. And then, of course, they finish up with a mandatory mini camp here. Um, and um, GM stuff is finally over. They've got some other front office stuff happening. And um, I, I, I want to start tonight, though, with this so-called talk that we are negative on this program. <laughs> and, and what I'm going to do is <laughs> I want each one of you, and I'm, I'm going to start with Ian. Ian, I want you to say something positive, okay, about a, a Steelers player. I, 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 something positive about his ability as a football player. I feel like I'm back in high school. Well, <laughs> we have to say something nice about everyone. You know, I this this would have been probably a more effective segment if you would have made me say something nice about like the offensive line. But you know, since you came to me first, Minka Fitzpatrick's fucking awesome, and he revolutionized <laughs> the defense, and that it. was a fantastic trade that we made to get him because teams now have to completely change how they attack our defense because of Minka's presence on the back end, and we definitely would not have had a whatever it was, 8-8 eight and eight season with Mason Rudolph yeah. at quarterback if we did not trade for Minka. And we have three all-pro players on our defense, one at every level with Cam yeah. up front, TJ at linebacker, and Minka on the back end. And it's really friggin' cool to have Minka Fitzpatrick on our team. Now that is positive talk right there. Scarps, give me something <laughs> positive about a Pittsburgh Steelers player. Something positive about his ability as a player. Kenny Pickett. Oh, boy. <laughs> is Uh-oh. going to throw 9,000 touchdowns this season. <laughs> You're just making All right, shit up as you go along. All right. All right. Here's how I'm going to do this. I am honest. I am truthful. And I am real. And those can tend to be negative personality traits. Some of the kids would call it being a hater, okay? But we need more positivity in this world, so I am willing to expand my horizons. However, I will not blindly follow Steelers Twitter into thinking that this team doesn't ever make mistakes or this team is the truth or the gospel. What do you know, baby? Okay. (laughs) However, (laughs) I will not be tweeting fire emojis with Kenny Pickett's number one. But I will say that I am grateful and positive and being positive that Najee Harris is a really good running back and I'm going to enjoy his time here as much as I can because they will probably <laughs> run the wheels off of him in a positive way uh but no I'm I'm very grateful that they have Najee Harris and it looks right. like their their O-line should be better than last year I really hope okay. it is so another, there are some another, positives here but baby yeah. steps yeah, and another positive comment. And and lastly, I, I come to Mr. Ben Anderson. Uh, and Ben, I am going to ask you to make one positive comment about Mason Rudolph. <laughs> Actually, that's where I was going to go. 
I, I, oh, I, wow. Ian I, had to go and pick on him, and since I'm a nice guy, unlike well, all of you who are dicks, and that's I'm just going to point me. out that Mason Rudolph yeah. has a really, really good attitude coming into this camp. He does. Still believing that he has a shot at being the Steelers' starter, which he doesn't. But he still has that attitude, despite the, the fact that he has no chance. And honestly, if he doesn't believe he has a chance, if he doesn't go at it as though he has a Absolutely. chance, he shouldn't even be out there. Right. So I got to give him props. And and I would like to point out uh, that that when Ian gave his positive statement about Minka, he threw in some negatives about Mason there yeah, at the same time. Right. And he, <laughs> he was, yeah, he's picking on picking on poor little Mason while he's spitting there out were, superlatives about about our buddy Minka. I, I believe right. the comment was, if it wasn't for Minka in that trade, there's no way we go eight and eight with Mason yes. at quarterback. There, there there were two games that year we won specifically yeah. because of Minka Fitzpatrick, the Colts yeah. game and the Rams game. Mm-hmm. And it, Minka had a pick six fr- from the goal line yeah. that would have been a touchdown against the Colts. And we won that game, I think, 28-24. So mm-hmm. I could be wrong, but Sounds whatever great. it was, it was yeah. pretty close. That if that's a touchdown for the Colts instead of a pick six for Minka, we lose that game. Yeah. And the Rams game, he had a fumble recovery for a touchdown. We think we won that one 17 to 12. So even if yes. the Rams punt there and we don't score a defensive touchdown, that's two games in an eight and eight season that we yeah. won because of plays Minka made. You're, so you're yeah. right. You're right. I'm, uh yeah well done well done okay and, and well, nobody talked about tj watt who should have been the two-time defensive player of the year maybe three-time maybe defensive three. player of the year. all right now. easy over there <laughs> <laughs> so, no one's no one's talked about cam hayward having double digit sacks which we've talked about many times makes him an elite a truly elite player in this league yeah. like multiple years into his 30s like there's the steelers have some really really good players and they are going to be a fun team to watch this year. They might be frustrating, but they're going to be fun. Yeah, yeah. there's going to be some, be some frustration. Yeah. It's going to be yeah. some of both. So, uh, Mark, yes, we need you to say something positive uh-huh. about Mike Tomlin's game management abilities. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for not asking me this. Holy shit, that's hard. <laughs> I, I honestly believe that that Mike should all should have received more praise as a game manager for allowing Ben Roethlisberger to just call his own shit at certain <laughs> points during the last couple of seasons. Yeah. I, I, I'm sorry. That's what I'm going with because I, if he didn't, we'd have a lot less victories. I, I can't, I mean, at least four or five games last yes. year. I, yes. yeah, I got to give you that one. And it, and it does bring in the point, of course, that and, and I think you guys talked about it a little bit on the last show is that, you know, we got really, really spoiled knowing that if we needed a field goal or a touchdown, Ben Roethlisberger was going to get us at least at the very least in position to, to get that or a third down conversion. Yeah. And now with who knows who going to be playing quarterback, that's not as much of a given anymore. And, no, and I, I, you know, I just think that's something that that we we often forget as fans but the other this, thing i'll say yeah. for tomlin and this may be a little outside the game management but he mm-hmm. is a a great leader of men and he does a really good job keeping his team focused 
whenever things get hard. I mean, there were games last year, the Vikings game, the Chargers game, when we were just getting our ass kicked. And, you know, if it, it, like, with another coach there, you know, who who doesn't have that sort of calm, level-headed demeanor of kind of stay the course, you know, it things are bad now, they'll get better, we'll, we'll g- keep doing what we're doing, you know, or, or keep fighting, keep going out there and trying. Like, both of those games, we had chances in the fourth quarter. Did they um, win those games, though? They did. No, they didn't no, they win didn't. them. But, but, but I'll say, But he you kept know, them in them. I, I agree with what Ian's saying, and it's in so much as – they kept at it. They were relentless. They kept working, and they had opportunities in the fourth quarter to win those games. They didn't ultimately win those games, but they could. I'm a huge Tomlin fan. I'm just yeah. saying. Mm-hmm. I, I, but uh, I'm, all right, I'm going to be that's negativity. Stop it, Ryan. Just stop it right now. No, no, we're, we're no. Look, the the they came out flat yeah. in those games, and they come out flat far too often. They come out flat far too often in the first quarter. Yeah, I, I you know, don't. It's disagree. like they they do this thing where they're assessing the other team, and then they come back and they react. It, it, yeah, it's like a boxer that just kind of comes out, throws a few jabs that first yeah. or second round, yeah, trying like to get the, a feel. The first offensive series for the Steelers, I mean, aside from last year versus the Bills, where they came out throwing haymakers, it's just it, the thing you get with them is they kind of stay back on their toes a little bit and kind of see what this team's going to do and weigh them a little bit and then go, oh, okay, this is your game plan. Okay, here we go. You know? Yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you. Um, and it's, it's something that, well, let, let me go back to what I was going to ask Ryan. Uh, Ryan, did you ever get the opportunity to hear a Mike Tomlin uh, pregame or, or halftime speech at all? Oh yeah. <laughs> all I mean, what, what was there one, was there one that ever stood out to you that, that like, I mean, usually, you know, I think one of the problems is a lot of people go back to their high school days and they think of their high school coach where you, you know, you want to run through the wall after you've heard it. You know, the NFL can be a different animal at times. It's not so much rah-rah like that. But was there ever a moment that Tomlin gave a speech where you thought, holy shit, man, that that was awesome? You know, as Ian said earlier, like a leader of men, like I, I – like. Think of like Tom, like think of Tomlin, like when he's mic'd up and yeah. he gets a little excited. I've never, I would say never, I've rarely ever heard him get like above that tone. Mm-hmm. So to me, that always meant that he's stable. He might get a little yeah. bit, excited, but not, but nothing ever crazy. Um, I, I don't want to sit there and say, well, and he, this isn't, this is, he said, you've heard him say this, but he, he, I've, I've heard him say it leading up to games on the practice field. Don't blink. Like I, he, I'm sure you've heard that on one of them. Like that, that was always something. He said that many times during, during halftime or or whatever. But I like I remember he was like, "Don't blink." And at the first, like <laughs> I remember the first time I heard him say, "I'm like, what the fuck is he talking about?" Like, <laughs> I, I got to like he wasn't talking to me, obviously. But like, but then he like he was. I remember one like he and he said it, but he's like, "I'll cut your fucking eyelids off." <laughs> like, don't blink. And then I'm like sitting there thinking like, what? Like how can, I can't blink. Ah, I get it. If you cut my eyelids off, I can't blink. Um, but no, like I think that the fact that like he doesn't really get too high or too low, mm-hmm. and and you know we you know even last year like when he when he blew a kiss to the camera, or or like you know her, you know you hear him like you know yelling or getting a little bit excited. Like he's very calculated and he's very smart, and he knows that people are watching, and he knows that the team feeds off that type of energy, and I think that's why. Um, I think that's why he's he's, he's been successful. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know. Yeah, I think it's an interesting point about the calculation because I, I think he's very good at that. He I, knows. I really do. Yeah, he knows. He, he does. He's a smart guy. He everything he does is 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 for a reason. Right. Right. Um, so there, there has been a lot going on, believe it or not. The Steelers have finally settled the general manager position uh, after bringing in about, God, what they end up? 16 different people, I think. Um, I, thought well, it was, I thought it was well, 11, and then they pared it down to six. And then, okay. Maybe, maybe I think right? it was And then it was six finalists. And yeah. Yeah. The question um, now is honestly, what happens to Brandon Hunt? I mean, yeah, yeah. And just to set the table, so you know, most of the Steeler Nation knows Omar Khan ascends to the general manager position. Um, they will bring in Andy uh Weidel from Philadelphia, who has um, you know, if you talk to most football people, they'll tell you he's a good football guy. He's helped build that team, um, several playoff teams, a Super Bowl championship over there. Uh, he's had a hand in that, so they they like him. And and both of those guys, Omar and uh, Weidel, are uh, Mount Lebanon guys. That's right. Um, Lebanon. Shame, shame. Not Lebanon. Lebanon. Tell me you're and, not uh, from Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> but but <laughs> to to Ben's point, what is the fate of Brandon Hunt? Because I think if you went back to the beginning of this entire GM search, there was kind of one of two theories here. There was the well, I think they'll kind of keep uh, Omar on the financial side and let Brandon take the player personnel side, or they're just going to go with with Brandon Hunt the whole way, and and that you would have lost money because that has not happened. So, uh, Ben, lay it out. What does all this now mean for for Brandon Hunt? Uh, you know, I mean, he, he's not getting either of those jobs. No, I think he. Uh, I think they came to the conclusion probably earlier in the process than any of us imagined that it, it wasn't going to be a good situation, keeping both guys that Brandon, you know, they didn't want to push him out, but they knew he was going to have opportunities and that asking him to work for the guy that he was competing with for the job wasn't, necessarily very fair kind of i'll compare it to when mike tomlin got the job and russ grimm was a candidate and he and immediately was hunt. wasn't hunt though pulled his name out before tomlin got the job and russ grimm was under the impression that he was being offered the job because he said they were, were negotiating with me well what they were doing was talking numbers but they didn't ever actually give him a, a formal offer mm -hmm. and the way he found out that tomlin got the job was someone from the media called him so he was less than happy about right. that and resigned immediately, um, which is right. understandable. Um, yeah. So he, he know, would have been the old line coach at that time. Yeah. They've yeah. been down this road a couple of times and um, probably just saw the potential for conflict. And rather than do that, they just made, you know, other plans. I mean, and as Ryan's pointed out, you know, Andy Weidel's got Kevin Colbert's blessing. Um, he seems to be impressed with him. That's that makes me feel better about it. Do mm -hmm. I wish they had gone with the football guy in the big chair? Yeah, I do. I do. I wish they had. And I just I think at the end of the day, they decided that it would be easier to replace Brandon than it would be to replace Omar, which may or may not be true. I don't know. I don't work there, but 
I think that at the end of the day, that was the way Art looked at it, and so he made that decision. He had two guys he wanted, couldn't keep them both, had to pick one. Tough decision. Okay, how am I going to do this? How am I going to make it work? All right. If yeah. I do X, Y, and Z, I can make that happen. Brandon Hunt's got that job in Buffalo, it sounds like, as the assistant GM. He, he's so, interviewed uh, in what in Philly, Buffalo, and I believe Vegas, which he did not get that job, though. He should be thankful he didn't get yeah, the job in Vegas. Yeah, well, fuck fuck amen, that place. Amen to that. That that's a dysfunctional fucking organization right there. It it is. Uh well, yeah. I don't need to say much. The about other money. thing the other thing Mark didn't mention about uh Andy Weidel is that uh he prior to going to Philadelphia, he was in Baltimore for about ten years from two thousand five to twenty fifteen. Oh, really? Yeah. He's got that. That Ratland stench on him, huh? Got yeah. purple stank on him. He, he started. He started in Pittsburgh um, yeah. as a scout in like the late '90s. That was in New Orleans for a few years, and then uh, was in Baltimore for about somebody 10 throw years. that guy in the mon and wash him off. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, going going to mon, going from Baltimore to so Philadelphia, clean though, Ryan. It's so clean and it's not Honestly. choppy at all. That's the last fine. place you want to be, man. It's fine, fine. <laughs> I mean, the mon, the mon further down, like into West Virginia, is not too bad. But like once you start to hit oh. the coal mines and the steel mills, then it gets you know a little, yeah. a little dicier, a little, a little less clear. A little yeah. murkier. Yeah. Well, well, it's well. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Since you've we've established you're not from Pittsburgh, I need to clear this up. The Mon <laughs> has a silt base, which is why it looks murky because the 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 silt and mud in the yep. water comes from the base. The Allegheny has a rock base, which is why it looks clear. Now, clearer, clearer. Yes. <laughs> um, there are more currently active industrial facilities steel mills whatever else on the allegheny than there are on the mon so if you took pollution levels the allegheny may actually be more polluted than the mon currently but the mon looks dirtier because of the silt base of the river okay yeah. pittsburgh geography lesson uh, yeah, yeah ladies and gentlemen and, this and, is you know this has geography. nothing to do with football at all but the no. mon looks to me like it would be more difficult to swim i, I that too that too yeah, yeah. Nah. And, and why the hell did we call the one that they created the Ohio, by the way? Uh, what a nightmare that was. I mean, why couldn't we have called it the Pennsylvania or something? At the confluence? Yeah. I mean, Ohio sucks. Why would we call it? Because you know, it goes to yeah, Ohio. I know, I, I know but it, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Scarps, uh, so Omar is going to be the guy. Um, yeah. Good move, bad move. Twenty-one years in Steelers. What do you think? I mean, I got a couple. I got a bunch of random thoughts. Um, you know, if if anything, I'm I'm not surprised that they promote it no more. I'm not surprised at all. Mm -hmm. That's what the Steelers do. I get that. What I guess I'm, I'm I guess I have questions about. They they promoted Omar, and then they're bringing in basically two guys to fill Kevin's shoes, which scares the hell out of me because, you know, like Kevin, you know, you need 50, you know, two people, you know, how many people do you need to replace Kevin? You know, two, five, whatever. But, um, and to me, it sounds like Omar seems legit to me, to be honest. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, but that just shows how important Kevin was. You right. Know? So, right. Yeah. And then we're talking about uh, Sheldon White, I believe from the lions who, who has yeah. familiarity with the organization and with Kevin. 
Um, but if Omar was, if the whole time it was going to be sort of like a, like a, you know, a two pronged attack, Omar still handling the business side. Um, and then he got the football upside. Well, I don't think Brandon could have handled the business side of things. Just like, I don't necessarily think Omar is going to be handling much of the football ops side of things. So if it's been this sort of, sort of two headed thing, I, I guess I'm a little surprised that, that, that they didn't, um, promote Brandon. Um, and I feel bad for Brandon. I know Brandon personally, Brandon, uh, has been there a long time. He, he started with the Steelers. He went to the Texans and then came back. Um, and and it just sucks because it seems like he went from a general manager job to just sort of being like demoted almost in mm-hmm. in, in, in the past couple of days. So you know I don't know what it really means for him. I mean he he could he could he's definitely could, I'd be surprised if the Steelers told him to move on. I mean I, I think he could stay there you know as long as he wants. But at this point it's kind of like if I was him I'd kind of be like you know what like. Sorry, but no, no disrespect, but I got to move on. You know, yeah, for the, sure. the part the part about him that I that I felt really bad about, and and again, it's a business. It's what happens. But was the fact that I mean, the guy was everywhere during the 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 draft lead up. I mean, he he was with Tomlin and and Colbert everywhere, and, and it gave a lot of people, I think, a sense that, um, oh, okay, I think maybe Hunt's going to be the guy. You know, and it didn't turn out that way. And if I'm him, I'm thinking, geez, what more could I have done? What more should I have done? You know? Changed his last name because a guy named Hunt was <laughs> never going to represent an organization that plays it, in Heinz Field. It, it is a brilliant point. I cannot deny that. It really is. Um, Ohio, this is in the notes, listeners and viewers. Ohio translates to shitty place to live, which also <laughs> translates to zero Super Bowls. <laughs> We need to really go live so everyone can see the chats. Uh, great um, idea. Yeah, we need to do that at some point. <laughs> invite, um, invite the listeners into the chat. Right, into the chat. Uh, I that, it was actually quite fascinating. I did the the guys with the do the Carolina Panthers show beginning of last season, and, and they actually did that. It was it was quite a hoot, man. Hey, um, one, 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 but, can I get one quick that. point in? Fire away, Scarps, of course. Um, you know, I would also say too that. And I don't know if this is true or not, but maybe they had, maybe they knew the whole time that Omar was going to be GM, right? And it mm-hmm. was one component of it. Mm-hmm. Maybe when they brought people in, they said, "Would you feel comfortable him being the general manager, but you run sort of the football ops side of things?" That's a great point. And maybe that scared people away, you know. And may, and and here's the other thing too: maybe Brandon didn't want that. Maybe Brandon knew yeah. the whole time and I was like, you know what, point. I'm going to do, you know, because I mean, I hate, I'm not going to like, nobody's gonna, like sort of abandoned ship at that point because Kevin was still there. Like you mm-hmm. still like you owe it to Kevin. But I also think too, like maybe they interviewed somebody like, Hey, Omar is going to be our guy, but we want to see if you want to, you know, be second in command and run the football ops. And maybe people yeah. were like, screw you. Like, <laughs> thanks. I'm but sure no that thing. happened. Yeah. So I, I'm, sure I'm just, candidate. again, I, I'm just a little, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little, I'm not surprised, but I'm kind of just like the whole process. I'm, I'm just not really understanding it. But then again, it's not, <laughs> we don't know what happens behind closed doors. And no. that's why we, we sit and wonder. Absolutely. Um, let me uh, just segue real quick to remind everybody, this is the SCB Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing of South Florida. Dexter's Brower in the Southern Palm Beach counties, whether it's commercial, industrial, residential, 
multifamily or condos, contact Deck Roofing today by visiting deckroofing.com. Does the organization change at all, or is this as status quo as it gets? Ben, go. Oh yeah, the organization changes. I mean, who's who's gonna do who's gonna do Kevin's pressers now? I mean, if can Omar can Omar talk personnel, or is Omar strictly an administrative and and contracts and business guy? I mean, who does that? Uh, obviously, Mike Tomlin roll you know rolls into a more senior position on that team in terms of, mm-hmm. of talent acquisition um he's he's been there for 15 years and mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it's you got a brand new guy who's who's running the the football side and Tomlin's there he's you know he's he's entrenched yeah he's been there for a long time he knows what his team needs uh you know, so well go ahead Ben finish up I mean here Colbert when it came down to it, if there was a tie and they couldn't decide who they were going to pick, Colbert got to decide. Yeah. I don't think this guy's going to get that. Well, I, yeah. I, I mean, you say this guy, what do you mean? Who do you, who are you referring Andy to? Andy Weidel is who I'm referring to. Mm. And I, I, I don't know. Like, you know, okay. It's, it's no big secret that Omar doesn't have a lot of scouting experience and doesn't do a lot of evaluation. I, I question how involved he will be in the personnel acquisition side. You know, aside right. from aside no. from obviously yeah. negotiating contracts, you know, I, mm-hmm. I question mm-hmm. how involved he'll be. So we've got Tomlin and an assistant GM. That that dynamic is definitely far different than Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin, who got along great and worked great together. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but I, I, I just I got the sense that that isn't necessarily going to be a deal anymore, and so I, I wonder what's going to happen there, and I wonder, you know, it could be great, it could be fantastic, mm-hmm. and I, I, I like, honestly, I'm in favor of bringing in some new ideas. I, I like Same. this move for that reason. I'm trying to look at it optimistically. By the same token, I wonder what's going to happen. And I don't think it's necessarily going to be bad. I'm just saying, I don't know what it's going to be. It's not mm-hmm. going to be the same old Steelers. It's not. Ian, you made a point in our, our Slack channel. And, and, of course, now I've gone completely cold on it. And I'm hoping you remember. It was it was something related to to this setup uh, about Omar Khan. And, and uh, I don't know. Do, do you recall what you said? Maybe probably uh, not. I, I'll have to dig it out, but it, it was just—it was a good point. And like I said, I just—I my brain completely locked up there. It was probably Ryan. Ryan had a lot more good points R- than I did, he, and he may have. I, uh, I know we were all kind of talking about the, it. The the one thing I will say though is we should have seen this coming after the draft because looking back at the pro days attended, Brandon Hunt went to Liberty, Ole Miss, Cincinnati, North Carolina. Maryland, Western Kentucky, Kentucky. But of the quarterback class, he right. went to Liberty, Ole Miss, Cincinnati, North Carolina. Omar Khan went to Pitt and Cincinnati. Oh, but a walk. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, he had to walk but, down the hall. I mean, man, everybody went to pit. But, short but walk, short leading, drive. But Brandon Hunt was not listed as having gone to the pit one, though. So, you know, leading up to the draft, we talked oh, about, like, do, do they take a quarterback this year with the knowledge that a new GM is going to have to live with that, that quarterback? Was, that was the point. That and was it. Omar was at Pitt's Pro Day. Brandon was not. They chose Kenny Pickett. So, you know, I, does Omar have some comfort level with with Pickett, right? Because because that's a GM, head coach, and quarterback are always like the three things that fall into place. You know, there's that meme of the the Cleveland Browns cycle of sadness, right? That it's you know they have hope and then they have a terrible season or they draft a terrible quarterback. They right. have hope. They uh, you know, fire the coach, they fire the GM, they draft a new quarterback, and then the cycle just starts itself, over basically. Um, excuse me. So, so you know, I think I guess the, the question I would have would be a how much say did Omar have in the quarterback they drafted if they knew he was going to be the GM, and B that you know, since Omar was at Pitt's pro day. Does he have some comfort level with Pickett, and does that kind of ease mm-hmm. in the transition to the the next generation? Uh, ben, you seem like you have something to say. I think actually Scarps has got something to say, and I want to okay. let him talk. No, first. you're good, Ben. You're good. Okay. Okay. I'll go. I ahead. don't think I, I would be very surprised if Omar had any say whatsoever in who they drafted this year. <laughs> I, I would be shocked. It makes two of us. <laughs> does let me ask the question? Does it? Uh, I don't see Omar going to college games next fall either. Does it lend some credibility to the fact, though, that that because they've got the quarterback and what uh, Ian's point is, is that, you know, normally when you see these these cycles happen, a new GM, he wants his own quarterback, his own coach, that kind of thing. Obviously, Mike Tomlin's not going anywhere. So (laughs) does does that give Kenny Pickett a longer leash than he might have? Let's say in in a different situation, had they I don't gone think out and gotten, really has to worry ridiculous. about his leash. He's in Pittsburgh, where the fans fucking love him and think yeah. he's he's the, you know Dan Marino reincarnate, which he's not. But he's you know, I'm hoping okay. that that the guy can. He's smart. Okay, there's no question the guy is smart. What he lacks yeah. is arm strength. Yep. Troy Aikman was a very smart quarterback who was a good leader mm-hmm. who lacked arm strength. Okay, Tom Brady when he came into the league, was a smart quarterback who was a good leader who lacked arm strength. He developed arm strength throughout his career. He Mm -hmm. got better. Mm -hmm. He did. Um, He still doesn't have a real strong arm, but he's, you know, even at his peak, he didn't have a real strong arm. But but Mm -hmm. he got respectable. Aikman, man, maybe never did. Still Hall of Fame quarterback. Mm -hmm. So my my hope just like it was for Mason Rudolph when he came in, is that he can apply the gifts that he does have to the situation and be an effective guy. And I, you know, he's got a shot. We'll see what happens. But I don't think he needs to worry about his leash at all. Not even well, I, I don't, Yeah, and I don't mean to say that he's worrying about it. I just mean when you look at the overall scope of how the NFL, you know, behaves, that when you get a new GM, it's almost like, well, I want my entire regime to resemble me. I mean, well, it's not, a, that's just that's not a thing. We Pittsburgh has never been right. a team that, that changes right. things just for the sake of change. That's that's something that Cleveland does. Absolutely, many many times, over and over and over. Did I say I, that a lot. Yeah, right. I mean, I'm not a Baker Mayfield fan, but they fucked him. 
Yeah, they, they did. Oh, I agree. Yeah, they totally took him agree. through the drive-thru. If I were him, I would never play a snap for them again, ever. No, I you get no argument dude, from me on that. 18 million, whatever. Fuck off. I, I you can't question that dude's toughness and heart. Like nope, I don't you know. Exactly. But you know, and maybe and I think we're getting too hung up on titles here as well. Um when Kevin Colbert came to the Steelers, he was like director of Football player operations. personnel or something. Yeah. Director of player football operations. Yeah. And then it was, yeah, and then it was, yes, and then it was director of football operations. He was director then, of football operations when he when he took the job from Tom Donahoe, who, yes. who previously held the title. And he, he was the he was a de facto GM. Yes, but it, not, but in title it wasn't until right. I think maybe 2011 or 2012 they 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 yeah. changed his title and then five six years ago they added vice president and general manager. Right. Okay, so Omar was director of football and business administration. And then mm-hmm. he became like vice president of football administration, but or whatever, whatever. Anyway. So I think we're getting hung up on titles where we think of general manager as this, is this, you know, Uber executive that's <clears throat> handling everything. Okay. And what I, what, what I don't think is going to happen. I don't think there's going to be a lot of change. And mm-hmm. I say that and Ben, I completely agree with you. I do not see Omar being at uh, Bama, Texas A&M next, next October. What okay? about Pitt really... and WVU? How about that? <laughs> May- maybe. I don't know. But, like, I-, I don't even see that. Like, I don't see him doing that. I see him handling Neither do I, man. strictly the business side of things. So, I agree. So they bring in two guys, right? Right. To fill Kevin's shoes. Right. One was endorsed by Kevin. The other one worked with Kevin and right. basically took over for Kevin when he left Detroit. <laughs> So no, I don't Ke- see this. Kevin I don't... picked him out. <laughs> it was like, hey. Yes. So so I look at this as it used to be Tomlin, Colbert, Art. Like it's sort of the three, the three-headed monster, right? Well, you, got Art, you got Art still, and then you got Tomlin, and then that third person, whoever's listening, and this isn't a knock on Omar, but it's not gonna be Omar. It's gonna be a combination of people. They're gonna have less say than Kevin Colbert in it. I, and I want to give, I think it was Mark Cavalli yeah. credit yeah. for this because he, he pointed out that they changed the title for Kevin Colbert to general manager because it was making it easier for him to get into college games to scout. <laughs> as silly as that sounds, they because what was happening was your sports information director at USC and Texas and Oklahoma was looking at, oh, Eagles GM, Cowboys GM, Lions GM. And then all of a sudden, who's this guy from the Steelers, director of football operations, whatever. It was just a semantics thing. And so that's really where the the title thing came into. Um, And again, I I give credit to Mark for that because he he was writing about that this week. Uh, That reminds me also, Ben, what are you drinking tonight? Uncle Nearest, 1856. Very nice. It's a good year. It's some really good shit. I I cannot recommend this whiskey high enough. Thank you, Johnny. Okay, very good. Ian, your choice of beverage this evening? Birthday gift. I am drinking a Jim Beam that was aged, double-aged in oak barrels, so it was aged twice. Beam. I'm not usually a Jim Beam fan, but this, like, double oak aged is really good. We need to send you some good. good whiskey. I I also have like red breast and tall Dew and all that other stuff in my closet, but you know, I I, like the the double Oak age Jim beam tonight. It's, it's quite good. I am working on the red breast tonight and I'm about to crack one of my last Southern tiers as well. Uh, And love uh, Southern tier. 
Scarps, you're uh, you're you're he, not. He, I think us? he's on the soda water. Yeah, yeah I'm still water? cutting. Ba- I'm still cutting back. But I have the uh, I have the uh, non-alcoholic white grape sparkling water, Giant Eagle, circa 2021. <laughs> Gin Eagle. Uh, I'll that, drink next Thursday. I oh, it's, hey, no peer pressure around here, buddy. No peer pressure. No, uh, no you know, peer pressure. That's bullshit. There's plenty true. of that. I'm trying to cut back, is. man. I'm getting fat. It's actually you know, the only time I ever drink whiskey. You know, uh, Ryan, if you drink like down to the top of the label and then fill it up with vodka and just shake it up a little bit, you'll never know the difference. You never know. You know, That's right. you know, Ryan, if you if you just do a little cardio when you're at the gym, you can I drink do, dude. I'm get listen. I'm officially at that age where if I drink, too I much, am officially way the fuck older than you, and I can get away with it. Listen, man, jeans are terrible sometimes, and I don't mean Levi's. All right, right, right. <laughs> All oh, right. D- DNA's a bitch, man. Fuck. Can't yeah. escape it. What the hell do you think All I right. got no hair? All right. Uh, hey, yeah, me too, with the hair thing. The uh, <laughs> Steelers are in the midst of OTAs. It's phase three, kids. And uh, all the talk has been mostly, as it is every freaking year, it's about who's not there rather than who is there. Uh, Stefan Tuitt, uh is not there, uh, but his um, – his buddies, uh, Cam Hayward, Tyson Alu, both say, uh, we're I not just want to say here. the sky is falling. Well, I, I suspect it, it is. It really um, is, for sure. It, it is. It's absolutely falling. We should all be freaking the fuck out. Well, uh, yes. That's all because, uh, all because Stefan Tewitt's not there. Is that what That's you're getting just, at? No, it's like every fucking year. Yeah. Somebody doesn't show up for yep. OTAs, and we have to make the yep. huge deal out of it. Because, yep. oh, my God. <laughs> you think they were taking the fans' money literally out of their pockets and then I, not showing up. I By the way, these workouts week. are also voluntary. Yes, voluntary. It's not like your high school coach, everyone. Where when the high school coach says voluntary, and you know that means I better have my ass there. That's not what it's like at the NFL level. I'm just okay? checking out Ian's meme. Yeah, it, it's not. <laughs> all right. Uh, but, but, uh, so two, it's not there. I, I, I'm still not in any way, shape, or form ready to say that he's not coming back. Because there's still the mandatory minute camp, and there's still training camp. I think if he doesn't show at training camp, then it's probably safe to say he's, he's done. But until then, I'm not going to worry about it. Well, uh, I yeah. think they believe he's coming back. Um, yeah. Obviously, nobody's talking, so I, I I don't know for sure. But I think based upon their actions thus far this season, this offseason, they believe he's coming back. So we'll see. Uh, Ryan, any thoughts? No, that was really lightning. On, on, on Colbert? All right, not Colbert to it. <laughs> um, I, I I don't know. I don't well, know. The, the good the good thing though is, and we had talked about this before the show, is mm-hmm. that there is a unified message, <laughs> and everybody is on the same page. They're all saying the same thing. Um, That's you true. Know, Cam Hayward the other day sort of was very believable when, and, and I think he believed what he was saying that that he does expect Stefan to be back at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, and which is, first of all, great. Uh, I, I just, I have to ask, you know, what is his conditioning level? How is the knee? You know, what, what, what do we expect from, from Stefan? Because um, 
this team, I think, is banking on a couple of things up front to unfold, including Stefan returning to normal, but then also Tyson Alualu, who's mm-hmm. going to be 35, him yep. returning to form. Yep. Um, and I, you know, and I know they, you know, DeMarvin Leal, whom whom I consider a hybrid. I I, I don't, you know, I, I don't necessarily know what, what they're doing with him that you can't really report what you see it you can only report what you see and it's con but if it's confirmed I mean, and it's football in short anyway, yeah exactly yeah. so I, mean, I don't know i don't know heads. so so i think they're banking on some things but i guess you gotta trust them and i, I like leal i I, yeah. I think that I, I think he's got a lot of potential i, I i'm a fan of that pick I, I really agree. am oh in the third round that was i would have taken him in the second and been happy in the third that's a steal but to but to to but to say that he's he, but the, I agree it, he's gonna need time right oh, yeah. yeah so yeah. but that's what I'm saying so if you're banking on two it coming back and a two it doesn't come back then you're really banking on a third round pick right yeah being sort of thrust into a, a, a more increased role that maybe you didn't think because I don't know if you think two it's coming back maybe they want maybe they want to use Leal as an edge. I, I don't know. I, again, I, it's football. Nah, nah but, you're not going to use that guy as an edge. He doesn't have, his burst isn't, but he's smaller. I would, I would he's... consider here. Here's the thing. If you're playing like a big nickel, I would consider using Leal. Like when you're, you're in a four man front, basically mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. With two, two down in a three plus, plus stance. Yeah. yeah. You, you could use him essentially like a, a third and slash edge. As a as a like big nickel front to help you against the run, maybe um, you know yeah. spell Highsmith a little bit or, or I don't know. I mean, honestly, a... as as bad as Wormley was at working the gaps last year, I I don't see Leal being a downgrade. Worse, <laughs> no, no. Honestly, Leal against the a... run against the run. Chris Wormley was awful last year. He was oh, yeah. terrible. He was. He was. I, I the guy I think is going to have a good year is Laudermilk. I like Laudermilk. I, I, I hope so. He had he was kind of up and down. He he was, but I I just saw some things from him his that Vikings made me film, believe. That did made you me watch believe. any of that? His what? His Vikings film. He only played about twelve snaps, but on every single snap, the guy, the man he went against, just took his lunch money. Yeah, and, and that and that's gonna happen. He's a rookie. It's gonna happen. A, a fifth I, I just, round rookie too. Not I like saw him round. battle. Yeah, that's I, what I, I saw. I know. I know. And I, and I agree. And he and he worked. And you, you got a whole year after that, a whole off season for him to gain some weight, gain yep. some confidence. Um, the thing that works against him is, is he doesn't have real long arms like yeah, to it. That's true. That hurts him a little bit. Um, yeah, obviously he doesn't have the experience level yet. Needs to get a little heavier. Now, I, I, I will mention, too, that my sources in the uh, uh, Pittsburgh area really, uh, real estate market have told me that Tuit did, in fact, sell his home there. Um, yeah, your so, sources on Twitter? Well, all, all 12. Um, and that he's currently living in Indiana somewhere or something like that. So take that yeah. for what it is. I, I'm still not buying anything until we get to training camp. And if he's not there, then fine. And if he is, well, then good. Um, Here, yeah, I have yeah. one concern. My okay. one concern is that at this point, a few years ago, everyone said Le'Veon Bell was coming back. 
And great, yep. that was a completely and that, different And that's situation. where all the concern is coming from because everybody yeah. said Le'Veon Bell is coming back for sure. Yeah. And, and you know, granted, Le'Veon Bell told everyone he was going to come back and then changed his tune when he found out he didn't have to come back and could hit free agency and, and all that. Right. Like, cause, cause there was the, the sort of question that his agent didn't know and was kind of an uncertainty on the accrued seasons and would he be eligible for an increased franchise tag or did he have to play eight games or what was mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and in retrospect, that was a terrible decision on his part not to come <laughs> back, but, um, you know, $30 million mistake on his part, but, uh, it, it also saved yeah, the Steelers some cap money. In fairness, and and you know, Kevin Colbert's not perfect, and and no. I think he aired that season by making this decision after Week Nine. What Bell said is, "I will come back. I will report after Week Ten. If you promise me, you will not franchise me next year." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Kevin said, we will never give up our collectively bargained rights mm-hmm. ever under any circumstances. Right. We're not going to make that deal. No. no. And they didn't tag him the next year. Yeah. And they needed him. They ended up needing a running back. So in retrospect, not such a great decision. Um, you know, it is mm-hmm. what it is. I, yeah. I think I think that that Colbert absolutely aired, he aired there and that all parties involved probably would have benefited by it. I'm not saying that, that bell was necessarily in great shape. Who the fuck knows? We saw video of him out. Uh, yeah. uh, what was he? He was jet skiing and he looked terrible. <laughs> um, and he yeah, hasn't been any good since he came back. No, and, no he, and he hasn't he been has any good. But, but my point is he that had... my point <laughs> is that that those six games would have benefited him. The offensive line that year was outstanding. He would have done – it would have taken him a few weeks to get into football shape. But once he did, he would have been able to do a lot of the things he did before. Mm-hmm. And the Steelers would have benefited by that. And then he would have benefited by it going into free agency as well. So all parties. It would have been a win-win kind of a deal. And Kevin didn't make the deal. No. So that that's my – it one happens. of my criticisms yeah. of, of of Colbert, and you know he's human being. He he makes mistakes. Yep. yep. Oh, there's and, been plenty he, of times. Yep. He's he stood on principle. I get it, but it's not a deal I would have passed. Yeah. Yeah. He had uh, 1,100 scrimmage yards for the shitty Jets in 2019. His first year after that, I agree. He he definitely dipped, but he still had 1,100 yards. He was still productive. His biggest mistake was that he listened to shitty advice. Yeah. But I will oh, say this. Terrible amen. advice. But I will say this. The way players are the way players are handling their business now, they should thank Le'Veon Bell for doing what he did. I really do. What? I really do. Ooh, interesting. Why? Interesting. Because because and I and listen, and I've said this before, we're not We'll never officially know the numbers. We can ballpark what he walked away from, okay? Right, right. But he knew he knew that his, they were running him, running the wheels off of him. They were. Just like God, he knows it. And he yep. stood up. 400 touches. Yes. And he stood up for himself. And, again, he I don't necessarily know how I would have made that decision. And it did cost him money. But players now realize – that they have more leverage than they did 
before because be, even before Bell, I mean, that was a big moment. He sat out a whole year. I think Bell was a was a big moment. I think AB forcing a trade. I not, wasn't necessarily even thinking him, but yeah, I got I, I, I think after the fact when AB forced the trade and said, no, I'm not going to that team. I'm not going to that team. Okay, I'll go to the Raiders. Even if you are getting shitty compensation, I don't care. That's the team I want to go to. That was the moment when players suddenly went, oh. Oh, uh, it wasn't when he froze his foot off froze his foot <laughs> on purpose to get to, to get cut. But oh, no, I, I mean, it, you're right though. Two 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 Steeler yeah. examples yeah. Of, of of how the business yeah. side of things and the players' leverage is shifted. Yeah. And by the way, does does anyone know how EB's uh, performance at Enclave After Dark went? I, I, it got postponed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you're yeah. kidding. Yeah. I'm so sad. Ryan must be uh, terribly disappointed. I know he had. Yeah, I, I you had, know he had, I had backstage passes. Oh, oh yeah, I had uh, VIP. I had VIP, sir. I was ready, man. <laughs> hey, see, uh, see what quick. happened was yeah, AB traded his date for another date, so we have to wait to find out Hi. a date to be named later. Uh, hey, don't forget too. Deontay Johnson is not at OTAs, and again, people are losing oh, yeah. their shit over. That's that. what people are losing their shit over. Not I, not so much to it. It's Johnson, right? It, it's just it's like people. We've been here before. We 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 know how this works. Uh, you know, it doesn't mean he's not working out. It doesn't mean he's not working hard. Uh, it, it just means that he's looking for a contract. Short version, yes, he's looking for a contract. This is the only leverage he has. Yep with the team is to withhold services until he gets that contract as well. The principle, and I don't necessarily agree with it, but the principle is that if you show up for OTAs and you get injured, that big contract you had on deck evaporates Mm -hmm. and you, you have no shot at it anymore. Um, I don't agree with it because you can get injured working out by yourself. Anytime. Yeah, ask uh, ask, ask that any number of fucking Tariq, guys. Tariq Cohen there in Chicago. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't feel worse that for a poor guy. guy, dude. Back but, in the uh, day, remember Willie Colon? Yeah, tore his, tore his Achilles. I think it was like my first or second year there. Yeah, that's right. It You're was right. like summer workout. Um, yeah, Terrell, I, I mean, it happens. Yeah, Terrell yeah. Suggs from the Ravens tore his Achilles that's right. basketball. Yeah, did they do it They're, twice? Yeah. Or was yeah. it both of them? It was both Achilles. It might have been. I don't know. But like basketball is the worst possible offseason activity that guys can do just because yep. it puts so much stress on your joints. Like yep. anything yeah. else, don't play basketball yep. in the offseason. Yeah. No, I, I tend to agree with you. About yeah. That one. And, and, and yet many of them do. You know, it's yeah. like they say rappers want to be athletes, athletes want to be rappers. It seems yeah. like everybody wants to be an NBA star too. Yeah. Um, that's like a that's like a football player. You know, they they, they want to be able to fly through the air and all that stuff too. Um, but yeah, I, I you know, well, we you guys you guys think you guys think uh, you know Johnson does 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 he get something for the end of the year or do they take care of Minka first? Minka first. Minka first. And and actually on that note on Minka. They should take care of Minka before Jesse Bates gets an offer from Cincinnati because God, right, yes, please get it done. Yeah, because because we just saw, um, you know, a couple other safety contracts mm-hmm. set the bar mm-hmm. as the highest paid safety. And if Jesse Bates knows Cincinnati's not typically paid people, but if no. Jesse Bates knows his worth to that team, he will probably demand to be the highest paid safety, which will knock the number up even higher. So if the Steelers are smart, they should get something done 
with Minka before the, the Bengals do anything. By the with same Jesse. token, if you represent Minka Fitzpatrick, yes, you may be waiting for that contract to set the bar even higher. That because, is true. Because your client deserves to be the highest paid safety in the league. Yes. Even if it's only for a year or two, he deserves it. He he does. I mean, two-time all-pro and yeah. Yeah. There is some scuttlebutt out of Cincinnati that they're not going to pay him. Jesse Bates. Well, you know, it's not like Mike Brown has a reputation for being cheap or anything. but but Not at all. And the Bengals did just use their first-round pick on Dax Hill, who is a... Ian's got a buzz. He just called him the Bengals. Bangles, got <laughs> bangles, yeah. Um, but uh, Ryan, do you think, do you think, uh, not just Minka, but do you think DJ gets something for the season or does he have to play it out? Uh, no, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see that happening. I, I don't. Um, and I also, and, and I'm, I'm probably, I, I think he should be there. I really do. If there was one time where that someone should be there, it's now. Ben is not there and he had tremendous rapport with Ben. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he's played with Mason, but I don't see Mason unless there is a, an injury or whatever, different circumstances. So, and he's also, I think he's the only one not there besides to it. And I, we, there's a reason for to it, but this sort of, you know, and like What's I said, the you reason know, for to it, huh? What's the reason for to it? Not being there. Yeah. We missed all last year. Uh, his brother was, uh, the, you know. His okay, so he's. I killed. mean, he's still not ready. I guess. <clears throat> I, I, I just. I don't. I don't think that that Stefan Tuitt has any more reason at this point to be absent than Deontay Johnson does. That's me. I. I and I. Here's the way I frame this: If people are going to criticize Johnson for not showing up. Why not criticize to it as well? That's all. Keep that same energy for both guys. I think I don't, there's a, I don't I think, think either a, absence is a big deal. I really so don't. I, I, I think that there's a big difference between what Stefan to went through um, with, with his family situation. Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. obviously there is an injury mm-hmm. and with, with Deontay Johnson has brought upon himself because untimely untimely cryptic tweets and on all this like he he's basically like by being vocal on social he he's drawn light to himself and then okay and then recently he and i get that his flight was delayed but he missed that he missed that yeah that was really bad look that's a bad look that was a really bad look and then last month and then last month he had the what was it like he had the he did something really good but like he was like part of the thing was you can take a you can throw a pass to me for for money or something like that. Don't you remember that? What? No, no. That was like last it. month. He had like a what? he had an event. I, I, it wasn't like it, he wasn't stealing people's money or anything. Like it was like part of a charity event. But like the way it was phrased, it was like it was like, hey, you oh, know, okay. So he was taking money to throw a pass to him for charity. Yes, but it looked oh. like, but it like the way it came across was like, hey, across. throw me a football for fifty dollars. Like it, like. Okay. Okay. No, because because the the, okay. the, the DJ, I, I, I get it now. Yes. So like so it wasn't like, for personal enrichment. And I don't even yes. And I don't even that would piss me off. He's, I'm yeah. he, you know I don't think he's a bad teammate. I don't think he's a bad person. I just think that like he like untimely tweets and just un, un, untimely circumstances yeah, and, and I, stuff. I, and then I, him I, not I don't being know how there. bright 
honestly, Deontay is. He he ain't Heinz Ward. Let, let's just put it that way. Yeah. I mean, to to expand it, on Ryan's point too, if if I may, I, may. I think something Ryan mentioned right at the beginning, which is a really good point, is like there with Ben retiring. There's a yeah. real lack of leadership in this I offensive group, and if Deontay had shown up, he could have really like taken on a leadership mantle because he is one he's of the not, veteran guys on offense now. But he's yeah. not. That ain't him. He's not. Well, I agree with you, Ben. But I. But that's I. Why they need to sign a, a veteran wide receiver? That the wide it, receiver group right now is leaderless. Not a, not the wide receiver group. The whole offense. The whole, the whole offense. offense is young. Well, like James Daniel seems to have taken the leader role. Uh, yeah. on the offensive line so i i mm-hmm. was i was glad to hear that um he seems to have come in and kind of asserted himself um which is good uh, as far as the rest of the offense goes you know i, I don't know I, yeah, what kind of a what kind of a leader is mitch trubisky is he you know is he going to win the job right. is he still on shaky right. ground with with the team um yeah. i i don't know but yeah, they they I, I agree with what you're saying. They need mm-hmm. an offensive mm-hmm. leader, and that guy has not emerged yet. And Mike Tomlin is basically counting on competition to. Uh, yeah. I, I, I think Deontay's the longest tenured offensive player right now. Yeah, but, yes. with, with the Steelers, but, yeah. but he, yeah, no, him and Chooks are both five years. He and Chooks, yeah. but no, 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 but, no. I think Chooks was a year before because Chooks just got a second contract. Yeah. Okay. 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 So okay. yeah, but still, yeah, you're right. You're still, like, yeah, you're still right. you're young, but you like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I honestly, if I had to put money on it right now, I think Najee Harris is the the leader of the offense this year. Like, if I had to figure out who's gonna get like the offensive captain, I would go with Najee right now. What about Friermuth? Right. Would you consider him? No. I'd consider I I'd consider Not him, on but the field I think as much on on the field. And I've said this before about Najee. Like Najee's press conferences are amazing. He, the way he understands, understands and can game. describe the game. Like other guys could understand the game, but couldn't describe it in the way that he can. He can do both. He can both understand it and describe it in a way that like is is rare and special. And no, I agree with that. To go back to Ryan's positive point that he made at the very beginning of the show. We're really lucky to have Najee Harris on this team, and I think I think yeah. he's the guy who emerges this year as the leader of the offense. And he's gonna have to when he's when he's due that next contract. All you Le'Veon Bell haters, just remember how you <laughs> felt about Le'Veon when Najee, who has a great career, and was like, you know what? I think I want some more money. I deserve to be paid more. Uh, That's well, like that's two thousand carries from now. So, <laughs> well, the other thing about Najee, I don't think is, it's going to be worth thirty million. I'm just saying. The other thing about Najee is he was like the first twenty four year old that we drafted in a long time in the first round. So his next contract it might be his only shot at it. So I would not blame him at is, all for going for it. It will be. He's, yeah. he's going to be in his late twenties, and at that point, he's like, if I sign a three year deal, I'll be. 31 32 like this is exactly know, what we were he's talking gotta about got to go for it yeah 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 um while we wrap things up here i just uh, one quick party shot i am so sick and tired of these uh stories that certain people are writing about ben roethlisberger having bad blood with kenny pickett and mitch trubisky it's like it's, bad stop blood? it what oh, oh my god i've seen some articles pop up it's so stupid it's just you know, I, Mark, know ben, I know really ben negative. Why are you so negative? 
you know what? Fuck it. We're negative. I don't care. Um, <laughs> no. I, I just, it's so irritating. I know Ben is not the nicest guy in the world. I know Ben is not the greatest person in the world. I know all these things, but quit trying to manufacture shit. You know, he makes a joke basically on a radio show, and everybody, oh, Ben's mad. He did the team. Didn't I want don't him back. think that was a joke. Oh, I didn't. Hey, I didn't. Did you, did you listen to the radio? Did the you context to the, is, the context? Is, it yeah. was a joke. It absolutely was a joke. And I'm I'm gonna listen, and I'm going to say it was, Jerry it was kind of him laughing at himself. I agree with what you're saying about Jerry, yada yada. Okay. But listening to that interview, that was Ben. Kind of poking fun at himself and going, you know what? First of all, my coach and my GM don't even want me back. (laughs) That that's where I'm at at this point. Have have you? You act like you you act like Ben has never thrown a passive a passive aggressive dick. Oh my god! Ever lots of times. Like the time he threw the interception to Shelby Harris at Denver and blamed Pouncey for pushing him back too far. Or when he blamed AB for running like the route too flat, or every other time he threw a teammate under the bus. Like, uh, and I acknowledge all that, Ryan. I do. I, I just think here's the that thing, he though. Gets overblown. He called. He talked to Kenny Pickett. He had Mitch Trubisky over for yep. dinner. Mason. Like, yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, seriously, how can you? Like, I have, I literally, like, Mason, Poor Mason, Mason Rudolph must have like, like some pictures of, of somebody or whatever yeah. <laughs> that like, or some video evidence of something that, yeah. that, that, that Ben did not approve of. Now I'm being, uh, now I'm being honestly, yeah, you guys are all so negative. I'm just, hey, surprised. Though, I'm just I'm super stunned. nice. But the point that I was going to make is we've all worked with people we didn't like. And who, who maybe didn't like us. I mean, the people who didn't like me that I work with obviously were wrong. Tell but, me about it. I'm on with you, you know, assholes. Every not week. everybody's perfect. <laughs> that being said, we've all worked with people we didn't like for whatever fucking reason. And, you know, Ben and Mason weren't buddies. Yeah, it I, just didn't work. I, I don't think know, Mason's course. ever been to, to Ben's house for dinner ever. And, you know, uh, obviously Mitch Trubisky <laughs> has been. Doesn't that seem odd? If he I, was, I don't really what care. Did the Roethlisberger's <laughs> serve for dinner? You know, was it just like burgers? Shish kebabs. It was shish kebabs. Because they, they because grilled I'm out here, that night. Yeah, I'm hearing the Trubisky's steak and in, in, in seafood. So yeah. I well, you know, it was it was, it was the families. Know. They brought the families together. That's right. The children played. Everybody was there. Know, while Rudy's out with these fashion models and all this other shit. Yeah, I mean, it's know. not like R- R- Mason Rudolph has a hard time getting laid. So anybody, I, I, he's probably all right. Anybody else have any uh, final party shots? Don't, okay. All right. <laughs> Here we go. Forget it. I'm going to tell you right now. For Mason Rudolph has never, ever had a problem <laughs> with that. I know. Hey, you just broke you up with he, a you model. You said he can't. I just said he's never had a problem getting laid. Oh, I thought you said he can't get laid. My bad. No, I'm I never sorry. said that. I'm sorry. Because I was like, wait a minute. Hold on a second. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you're like, wait. Who are we sorry, talking about? My, my, my Mason, my Mason oh, negativity towards Mason radar went up. He got laid yeah, out yeah. by Earl Thomas. So, you know. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes. Earl, Earl Thomas seems like a good guy. Yeah, oh, Earl yeah. Thomas is a piece of shit. <laughs> 
And on that note, we're going to get out of here for this week. Uh, thanks, everybody. Uh, Deck Roofing and, of course, at uh, the Pigskin Podcast Network at DraftKings uh, for hosting and presenting and sponsoring and all that stuff. Make sure you check out the site, SteelCityBlitz.com, on Twitter, at SCBlitz, and, of course, on Facebook, Instagram, and all that other stuff. Uh, for these guys, this is me, and I'm signing off. And, hey, go Steelers. Ravens suck. Love you, Mason. Thank <laughs> you.